This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be with you this Thursday evening. If you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, feel free, 833-482-5337 is the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. And the big news today, Jim Jordan says he's going to be backing Patrick Henry. As a speaker pro temp or um, the pro temp speaker until January. So I'm not sure what's going on, but Jordan says he's still running for House Speaker. This is just um, a, a caveat that they're making. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit more in a moment. Now, uh, m- many people believe, uh, according to this new um, article in the Washington Examiner, that terror and the threat of terror has increased under Joe Biden. And to that, I say, well, thank God people are awake and paying attention. Uh, Rasmussen reports uh, asked the question, has the threat of terrorism gone up or down during President Joe Biden's time in office or has the threat remained about the same? And uh, independents responded that it's gone up 50 percent, gone down 10 percent. About the same, 34% and 6% were not sure. I think this is pretty telling uh, because most Americans already felt the threat of terrorism was greater uh, since Joe Biden took office, but now they're voicing that, uh, according to Rasmussen reports and the Washington Examiner. And people feel like they're on edge ever since the um, Hamas attack, which we're going into the second week now, right? Absolute insanity. Now, reinforcing the report that Americans are worried about Biden's foreign policy blunders uh, dates back to the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, this new Rasmussen uh, report survey uh, shows that 75 percent fear of domestic terrorist attack will happen. And uh, and this is, again, a piece by Paul Bedard. He's a a terrific reporter in the uh, latest poll. Rasmussen shows 4% of likely voters are unconcerned about a new terrorist attack, while 43% called themselves very concerned about a new terror attack. That's interesting numbers. Doesn't bode well for somebody that's really looking to, you know, garner the goodwill of the people. 
And again, we're in October, mid-October. Um, we're now, what, 13 months from uh, the big election. Voters expressed their worry about the Biden security plan when more than not said the threat of terrorism has surged since Biden took over from former President Donald Trump by a margin of 49 to 17. Voters said that the threat of terrorism has gone up, not down under Democrat Joe Biden. Um, I agree. I'm just glad that we're actually seeing some numbers uh, that kind of support that idea because crazy. Now, last night we talked a little bit about this um, Homeland Security officer that was appointed to oversee asylum claims and whatnot. Uh, Let me see if I can go back to this real fast. Nuja Ali, she's an officer at DHS, lives in Washington. Uh, Well, it's finally caught up to her. Now there are reports that she is on leave after it was revealed that she worked for the PLO and wrote an F Israel post. Absolute insanity. Uh, But the asylum official with the Department of Homeland Security has been put on leave after this uh, big revelation that we talked about last night. And and again, it was numerous posts, not just one. I don't know if it makes a difference if it's one post or many, but I think one is one too many. Nuja Ali uh, worked as a public affairs officer for the PLO's delegation to the U.S. in 2016 and 2017. Uh, she was hired by the um, U.S. Um, Customs Immigration Service in 2019 as an asylum officer. And earlier this year was made an adjudication officer, according to her LinkedIn profile. And now Ali has expressed, uh, of course, her support for Palestinian causes and recently posted inflammatory comments about Israel. This is according to the New York Post. So it looks like uh, she's been placed on leave for writing Free Palestine and F Apartheid Israel and any Israeli that supports the BS that goes along with that. Your privilege is blinding, apparently, but ignorance is not bliss, and I hold every Israeli accountable for their government's actions if they do not speak against Israel and the Israeli military. Strong language for somebody who's representing the United States government who happens to be allied with Israel. So let's see. Let's see what what happens. Because being placed on leave isn't really... uh, you know, the end of the day, it's government. You know, it's, it's hard to fire people in government and nobody really wants to fire you anyway. In fact, they're, they're probably figuring out where else they could move her so that she could remain in her position. Because again, people only get fired when you work in the public sector. At least, you know, lamentably, that's how it seems to me. Otherwise, they just find out, oh, they're no longer with this department. Oh, they're no longer in a uh, public-facing role. Oh, they're, you know, we've had a stern talking to with them and uh, now they're uh, somewhere else. And that's it. That's how they do it. So um, Ali claimed to the Daily Wire that she still worked for DHS and refused to say if she had disclosed her previous job with the PLO, saying, quote, that's none of your effing business, she told the Daily Wire. Mind your business before I call the police. If I were you, I'd respectfully hang up the phone right now. Man, this is one tough chick. I'm looking at a picture of her um, from Facebook. Listen to this. She's posing in front of a large portrait of Che Guevara in Havana, Cuba. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. 
people that that uh, idolize commies don't fall far from the tree, if you know what I mean. Anyway, the uh, agency spokesperson, uh, Matthew Burke, told the Washington Examiner uh, just yesterday that this individual has been placed on administrative leave. USCIS strongly condemns anti-Semitism and the use of violent rhetoric in any form. USCIS employees are held to high ethical standards both on and off duty, including their presence on social media. Any violation of these standards is taken very seriously by the DHS agency. Uh, Emilio Gonzalez, who ran USICS during the Bush administration, told the Washington Times that Ali should be terminated. He was shocked she was hired in the first place, given her background. Uh, I'm also shocked that she was hired in the first place, given her background. But, you know, uh, again, I, I, I always reiterate, I can't be shocked at anything anymore because, lamentably, uh, things might be disappointing, but they're just not surprising anymore. That's just how it ends up being. Anyway, tonight we're going to get into a few different conversations. Uh, we're going to talk about the speaker's race. We're going to talk about Israel, President Trump's campaign, 2024, uh, a little Biden news. And uh, Lara Trump from the Trump campaign is scheduled to be with us shortly, and we're going to discuss that with her. We're also scheduled to speak with Steve Malloy from JunkScience.com to discuss Biden's kamikaze climate plan that's going to tank the U.S. economy if it's not stopped. And uh, Dan Schneider from the MRC uh, who oversees Free Speech America is going to join us to talk about uh, media censorship. So we've got a lot in store. Kick up your feet, relax, make sure you stick with me. I'm with you for the next three hours till 1 a.m. Eastern time. You don't want to miss any part of the show tonight. Of course, Open Phone America is coming up at the tail end. So um, get ready, get comfortable, turn up the volume, and uh, give us a call. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America night with Rich Valdez. Uh, by the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations. I had somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, <laughs> even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing? Are people listening, right? That's but right. you're, you're doing great. America at Night with Rich Valdez. I'm still running for speaker, and I plan to go to the floor uh, and get the votes and win this race. But I want to go talk with a, a few of my colleagues. Particularly, I want to talk with the 20 individuals who voted against me um, so that we can move forward and begin to work for the American people. All right, that's Jim Jordan earlier today saying that he's not in, but he's still in, and he's uh, going to consider moving forward and I, I think he should I think he's the right guy for the job welcome back amigos welcome back familia I am Rich Valdez our guest is Laura Trump host of the right view with Laura Trump Laura Trump welcome well thank you great to be with you thanks for having me oh it's my pleasure so what's your view on what happened today with Jim Jordan uh, we had some speculation earlier in the week that if he didn't um, get to where he needed to be today there would there would be a significant amount of momentum that would be lost. And it seems that there's the Boehner faction, there's this faction. I mean, there's a lot to look at here. What say you? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, initially, um, I think uh, shakeups are good. I think sometimes monotony is is bad. And I, I don't mind seeing that there's a little fight left in the Republicans. And um, I had hoped at this point, I think, as a citizen of this country, as a Republican myself, Perhaps we could have elected a speaker. 
I agree with you. I think Jim Jordan is fantastic. He is a guy who has obviously been pro-America from the very beginning. He's never wavered on his Mm -hmm. support for this country, on doing the right thing. I think he would be a fantastic person for the job. Uh, I hope that uh, he can convince the rest of these folks to vote for him because uh, I think it's time. And I think, look, initially this wasn't a a horrific thing because, like I said, I I do like to see, you know, that we can kind of shake things up a little bit every now and again. But um, I do think at this point it's, it's time. You know, America is ready to get things done for this country got a lot to get accomplished there's a lot that needs to happen and um i I sure hope he gets the vote now what's your thought there's a lot of uh discussion i I tend to think it's a it's a bad move to start amending the rules to have the temporary speaker uh become more of like a a longer term temporary speaker or even to to change that position i think we already have rules and we kind of need to stick to them uh but to give patrick McHenry more authority and there was a lot of debate on that earlier today what are your thoughts yeah, listen, a t- temporary is, is just that. It's supposed to be temporary. And I, I actually don't think anybody anticipated this going on this long and, and having so many holdouts and, and people who kind of wouldn't get on board and say, okay, let's do what's best for the country and, um, you know, let's let's vote Jim Jordan, obviously, as the guy in. Uh, you know, at, at a certain point, I think we'll get there. But, yeah, it is problematic. I think look, we saw how, how changing rules And changing the way things have been done uh, affected many things in the past and not in a great way. Look at the election in 2020. That's never a great thing. So Mm -hmm. I I would hope we wouldn't need to get to a place like that. But, um, you know, should we get there? Maybe maybe it's a sign that looks uh, I've heard a lot of people talking about, well, the U.S. Congress isn't working the way it's supposed to. Let's try and change this. That's obviously a bigger discussion to completely rewrite the way everything is done in, in the United States. I'm hopeful we'll get there without having to amend any rules at this point. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I think we have rules already. We just got to make the rules work. And obviously we're, we're hitting a hurdle. And I think some people are playing politics. Others are, are uh, objecting on principle. And w- whatever the case may be. This is the process, and it's an ugly one at this point, but it's one that we need to get through. Now, what continues to go on is um, the the disagreement uh, amongst some members, and again, I think that's part and parcel of how it works, uh, but there was uh, some some controversy earlier today. I wouldn't say controversy, but I would say uh, words between um, former Speaker McCarthy and Matt Gates. and that's a long clip of audio. I'm not going to play that, but I have a shorter clip of uh, Congressman Gates's Uh, comments on what we just discussed about changing rules. I want you to listen to this. I'm against speaker light. I'm against Bud Light. I believe it is a constitutional (laughs) desecration to not elect a speaker of the House. We need to stay here until we elect a speaker. And if someone can't get the votes, we need to go on to the next person. But but twisting and torturing the Constitution to empower a temporary speaker is having a speaker light that is not constitutionally contemplated, is deeply infirm, and I will do everything possible to stop it. Of course, Matt Gates saying uh, he's doing everything he can to stop it, and he doesn't like Bud Light, and I agree with him on that as well. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts a there? A little uh, levity to, to the situation, yeah. Oh, you need that. Everybody needs a little levity. Uh, I, I tend to agree with that, and, and I like the, the tone, honestly, that he set was saying, hey, look, we got to stay here and figure this thing out until we get there, um, which is we see this every time there's a debt ceiling bill or they need to pass a new continuing resolution. Uh, there's many times where Congress has had to you know, put in the overtime, if you will, to get there. And I think if, if the, this is one of those times, if, if ever there were one. 
Absolutely. Look, a lot of politics is a game, you know, and, and there are a lot of people who love to play that game. It's an act. It's a charade. It's a game. It's all these things. But the reality is it's not a game for the American people. And we rely on these folks to represent us in the United States Congress. We are their constituents all around this country, and we send them there to represent us and to get work done for us, to get things done for, for this country. And, you know, messing around and playing games whenever, yeah, you've got a great guy in Jim Jordan. It, it's enough already, and, and we don't need to amend anything. We don't need to change any rules to extend McHenry and, and make him, you know, more of a viable figure as this, you know, pseudo uh, speaker role that he's in right now. I think Matt Gates. I love his tone. I love his fire. I love that he, this is what I think we need to see more of in this party. You know, the Republican party has, has been seen for a long time as, Oh, we'll kind of lay down. We want to follow the rules. We want to just kind of, kind of do what, what we think everybody will, will make everybody feel good enough. No, I love that Matt Gates is coming out hot. He's saying, we got to stay here. We got to stick it out. You're right. You do need to stay there. You need to stick it out. You need to do your jobs. You need to vote a speaker in, and you need to get back to work for this country. Yeah, I guess that becomes problematic when um, former Speaker McCarthy says that everybody in America is angry at Matt Gates, And I, I don't, I'm not mad at Matt Gates. I, I understand how the timing isn't great. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, I feel, like you, I feel, you know, he, he, he's, he's throwing the bombs that need to be thrown right about now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? We we see how, I mean, to take it out a little bit more from this particular situation, you have to look at this party as a whole and compare it to the, the Democrats, right? There's one mm-hmm. thing that the Democrats do. They throw bombs all the time, and they yep. don't make any two bones about it. They're happy to do it. They have been playing, when it comes to voting and when it comes to elections, they've played the game much differently than we have. They've gotten a little dirty doing it. And we need to start doing the same thing. Otherwise, we're never going to win. We are never going to bring people over to this side of the aisle. We're never going to win any more elections. So you got to you got to throw some bombs. You got to take some risks. You got to take some chances. And we got to get more people in there voting them in. And and I hope we can see it happen in in 2024 who are going to do those things like Matt Gates because I think that people like him really are the future of this party. And I think it's why a lot more people are paying attention. I think a lot of people have learned quite a bit over the past several weeks with this, the speaker situation. Um, so I say kudos to Matt Gates. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's great. I agree with that. And I want to uh, switch gears. We're about to take a quick pause and come back, but I want to switch gears to uh, the disapproval rating. You were speaking about voting in elections, and we have a really big one for president coming up, 2024. Of course, uh, your father-in-law, Donald Trump, the former president, 45th president of the United States, um, leading the pack. And Joe Biden asleep at the wheel, leading his pack. (laughs) And then you've got RFK Jr. We're going to talk about all of that and Biden's sinking disapproval. It's now at a record high of 58 percent in the new poll. Uh, Folks, stick with us. We're on with uh, Laura Trump, host of The Right View with Laura Trump. And if you want to chime in on the conversation, give us a call. 833-482-5337-8334-VALDEZ. Don't move a muscle. Coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. I met with the prime minister and members of his cabinet. And most movingly, I met with Israelis who had personally lived through horrific horror of the attack by Hamas on the 7th of October. More than 1,300 people slaughtered in Israel, including at least 32 American citizens. Scores of innocents, from infants to the elderly grandparents, Israelis, Americans taken hostage. As I told the families of Americans being held captive by Hamas, we're pursuing every avenue to bring their loved ones home. As president, there is no higher priority for me than the safety of Americans held hostage. That's Joe Biden trying to take a victory lap like usual with his eyes half closed as uh, former President Trump calls him Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe. And he does seem to be not only sleepy half the time, but uh, kind of asleep at the wheel. His uh, disapproval rate is now 58 percent record high for him. And it doesn't surprise me in the least, uh, but I-, I think it's a it's a good indication that Biden's not the guy that can win in 2024. Uh, wondering if the Democrats are going to pull a switcheroo. Everybody talks about that. I love speculating because, you know, that makes talk radio great. Let's go to our guest, Lara Trump. Lara Trump is the host of The Right View with Lara Trump. And I got to say, The Right View is a fantastic name for a program. Um, my initials are RV. And if, if I ever had a chance, I would love a name like that. The Right View with Rich Valdez. You beat me to it. Lara Trump, welcome back. Well, thank you. Yeah, the right view is 180 degree departure from what you'll find on the view. You actually get smarter watching my show, not dumber, like if you watch the actual view. So it's completely different. Yeah. Outstanding. I love the name. Now, um, tell me uh, your reaction to hearing uh, Biden's um, new record breaking disapproval. I mean, who is approving of any of this? That's actually my, always my question. Only only 58 percent dis- disapproval. Honestly, <laughs> who are the God, other I people? Mean, yeah, what are these other people doing? It should be 150%. I swear, I, it is, it's mind-boggling to think, but I guess these people are so dug into supporting Democrats come hell or high water, or I don't know, World War III, like it kind of feels like we're on the verge of. Um, it's a problem, though. It's a big problem for the Democrats. This is a guy, you call him Sleepy Joe. My father-in-law has now renamed him Crooked Joe Crooked because Joe. of all the money. <laughs> we know he took the name away from Hillary who was crooked for a long time. Now he's given it to Joe because we know that, I mean, he's been lining the pockets of his family to the tune of tens of millions of dollars from foreign entities while he's been vice president. We don't know what's still going on right now with that that whole thing. Um, But I think Americans are starting to wake up and realize you can't live life 
like this. You cannot have sky-high gas prices. You cannot have to choose between buying groceries and filling up your gas tank. You know that the euthanization rate right now of pets is at an all-time high in shelters because people can't afford to keep their pets anymore. This stuff is really starting to impact people around the country, and I think his approval rating, if you want an honest poll, is much higher than 58%, but the Democrats are probably getting pretty nervous right about now, about next year. I would agree. Uh, I think that they realize they've got a terrible candidate, and they're banking on putting, uh, I like to call um, Donald J. Trump, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States, El Trumpito. Oh. And I think they want to put El Trumpito in jail because, uh, I mean, why not, right? Isn't that the easiest way to try to beat him? And I, thus far, it doesn't seem to be selling. I mean, I, I have friends. I grew up in uh, in New York City, and I still talk to a lot of people. I live in Jersey now. And when I speak to people, all I hear is, I mean, even my daughter, she's 18. She came home today, and she said, even my friends, they're all like Trump 2024, and they're not even very politically active. They, they all just turned 18. And I, I feel it. it Trump has become a, a real icon for people uh, the, the, that feel like he's representing the little guy. You know, I saw a clip of somebody the other day, an um, uh, uh, African-American gentleman, who said, Trump knows the plight of every black man in America getting you know, locked up on trumped-up charges. And I thought, wow, I hadn't looked at it like that. But Joe Biden certainly can't relate there with his son getting in trouble and him getting him off the hook every, every which way. And I, I feel that um, the momentum is in Trump's favor. What say you? I mean, that's 100 percent right. I, I agree with that completely. You know, when you know that you're going to lose like the Democrats do, you have to resort to communist tactics. And that's exactly what they've done. They have gone out of their way. You have Joe Biden's Department of Justice trying to lock his obvious political opponent in jail. They do that in third world and communist countries yet. Wake up, folks. It's happening here in America. Simultaneously, you have this lunatic uh, attorney general, Letitia James, in, in New York, trying to dissolve his businesses, trying to not only take that away from him, but put thousands of hardworking people who work for the Trump organization and have for decades out of a job. But they really miscalculated this one because they thought one indictment, that'll be enough. That'll take Donald Trump down. And then the, the polling numbers went up for him. And then they tried it again. And then they said, we know how we're going to get him. We're going to do a mugshot. We're going to release that mugshot. And that will be the nail in the coffin for Donald Trump. That mugshot has never backfired more than anything they've yeah. tried. That, that was probably the worst decision they could have made. Because you're right. The people around this country who know that the system has been screwing them, it hasn't been working for them. They feel like they're victims of it. They're like, Donald Trump's a victim of it, too, now. Look at him. There's right. the mugshot to prove it. So they have miscalculated this every step of the way. They've done it with him, though, from the very beginning. Think of 2016. They thought he was a joke. They didn't think they would have to fight this hard to, to actually beat somebody like Donald Trump. And then he became president. And then he did an incredible job as president. And so I think that you are seeing right now people around this country who maybe never gave Donald Trump a single look before, ne never, like you said about your daughter, never involved in politics or friends. These are young people now who are like, wait a minute, something's different with this guy. And if they're fighting against him this hard, there must be some reason for it. That's the guy I'm going to support. Because when the system that is broken and not working for you is trying to take down one guy and they're going against him this hard, there must be something good about him that they're afraid he's going to do for this country. 
I agree. Folks, we're on with uh, Laura Trump, host of The Right View with Laura Trump, senior advisor to the Trump campaign. Tell us a little bit of uh, what's going on with the campaign. Uh, it seems to be going well without showing up to any debates, which is fantastic. <laughs> Trump is winning every debate without even showing up. Uh, how's the uh, the campaign looking from your perspective? It's looking great. Yeah, we call those the the, um, the vice presidential debates because essentially that's what's going on there. Everybody's kind of vying for the VP spot at this point. I mean, and, and it's kind of silly. You know, I, I think what things are going great for the campaign. You know, we've we've now done this. This will be the third time, and it's incredible to say who would have ever thought we would have a third time running a presidential campaign. And I'll tell you, you ask anyone in my family, we were shocked to do one, let alone three. Right. Um, but, but you learn a lot along the way, you know, the first time around, we were all very green and we, we had to learn on the fly and, and we certainly did that. I mean, we went to Iowa and didn't really know what a caucus was when we showed up for the Iowa caucuses. So it's a very different animal now. And, um, it's a very small streamlined campaign. The money that people donate is being spent very well and very wisely. Um, and you know, you've seen the impact, you've seen the poll numbers continue to go up despite my father-in-law not participating in any of these debates. The rallies will continue to go on. He's got, uh, of course, very conveniently, thank you to all of the, uh, the nefarious actors and Biden's department of justice. He's got a bunch of court cases that will be stacked up along the way, but don't worry because I've never seen a guy who has as much energy and as much drive as, as my father-in-law. And so while they might think they're distracting him or it will take his eye off the ball, he has never been more focused on doing anything than I have seen him right now at, at, at becoming the 47th president of the United States. And I believe fully that that will happen. Uh, Laura Trump, let everybody know how they can uh, support the campaign and how they can uh, keep up to speed with the work you're doing with The Right View. Well, the campaign, you can go to DonaldJTrump.com if you want to volunteer. Look, there's no doubt we need volunteers. We need poll watchers. We need uh, people to go out and ballot harvest across this country everywhere that it is legal. We're going to play the game differently this time around. We've taken some notes, and we know how to do it better. Um, and so if you want to volunteer, please go there to the volunteer tab. Donate. You can go there to donate as well. You can uh, watch my show, The Right View. It's on three days a week at therightview.com. Um, and, and you know what? I feel like we're we're in a really incredible time in American history. We've never seen so many things happen like we have happening right now. And if anybody remembers the win in 2016 and how sweet it was at about three o'clock in the morning on November 9th of 2016, when they announced that Donald Trump would be the president of the United States, I want everybody to take a moment and think about November 5th, 2024, because it is going to be even sweeter to come back from the hell that they've put this country through, every single American through, and my father-in-law through, when we come out with a win on November 5th of next year. I can't wait for it. We would love everybody to help and be part of the team. Outstanding. Laura Trump, uh, therightview.com, therightview.com. Uh, thank you for being with us. You're a gentlewoman, a scholar, and a patriot, and I appreciate you staying up late to bring us up to speed. You got it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right, folks, there is more to come straight ahead. Your calls and more, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833 482 
833-4-VALDES. That's Valdez with an S. Across America to the liberty-loving Latino, Rich Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, familia, welcome back, amigos. Uh, to the phones we go, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. Let's go to John Vero Beach, Florida, WTTB. John, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Oh, my God, Jim. Uh, uh, Rich, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I take that as a compliment. I, oh yeah, I, I I'm just I'm just enamored that I was able to to get on air with you again. Uh, I just I just love your show and I love your your zealous fight for America. Oh, Tremendous, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, and you really, Jimbo is looking down at you and he's proud as a peach. That's and, very uh, kind. I want. Oh, you earned it. Um, as a service-connected disabled veteran, I like to say that uh, the terrible, corrupt people who are running our government right now have performed so poorly that they've not only awakened all us older voters, but the young now are seeing how terrible it is to live under this type of oppression. And I believe that they have awakened a sleeping giant. I believe, I believe uh, the upcoming presidential election is going to be a huge, huge win for Donald Trump. I, I, I hope that you're right. I, I suspect that you are. I, I can't trust a Democrat as far as I can throw them. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that um, the, the, the tide has turned. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of people that were on the fence in the last go round in 2020. And I think those same people are, are just set, kicking himself in the pants saying, oh, my gosh, what did I do? What did we do? You know, uh, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine today, John, and I was telling him, you know, you look at what's going on around the world. You've got Europe disaster, at least, you know, Ukraine and Russia and, and obviously all the other NATO countries that are in their vicinity that are affected by that. You've got the Middle East, absolute disaster right now. Um, the bad guys are on the move. Everybody's moving forward. You've got China becoming more and more aggressive in every front that they can. Uh, lots of speculation about Taiwan, which has been around for a while, but now seems the right time. Why not? Right. The United States is projecting weakness. Our economy isn't um, isn't bouncing back as quickly as we'd like it to. And it seems like lots of things are not working. Our southern border is is as open as ever. And I think people are really realizing it. All you got to do is go to, I mean, I, I have the benefit of, you know, being in this area and going into New York City and you walk through Times Square and it's just sad. It's a sad state of affairs when you see this, when you see the mayor of New York City, he's complaining about Trump and he complains about Biden. Now he's complaining that they're going to run out of room and the, the, the illegal immigrants are going to be on the street and they've been on the street. Uh, but I guess he's expecting more of them to be on the street. And when you look at that, it's it's I can't help but agree with you saying this current administration is absolutely terrible. John. 
no matter where I go, everybody that I talk to, I hear people talking amongst one another that were avowed uh, Democrats. They are totally fed up. They're fed up to their over their eyeballs. Yeah, it's so true. I've had it too, John. Thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate you and everything you said. And feel free to call anytime. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And folks, we're going to continue with this this discussion on what happened on Capitol Hill today, where Speaker, former Speaker McCarthy and Matt Gates uh, got into a, a little bit of a war of words. We're going to play that audio clip for you straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Can you explain specifically what happened with Matt Gates? Did you yell Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I was at the mic, I was speaking, and Matt Gates tried to interrupt and say, so I told him to sit down, and we sat down. What's your deal? I think it, him? No, I told him to sit Did down. I, th- I think the entire conference screamed at me. People are, listen, we, the whole country, I think, would scream at Matt Gates right now. Remember, it was... A crazy eights led by Matt Gates and every single Democrat that put us into this situation. Uh, we've never been in this situation before, but how do you have 4% of your conference remove a speaker when 96% are there? This is why we're here. He had no plan afterwards. Now we have Israel at a war, questions whether Congress can act, uh, questions where we'd be able to go to select a new speaker. I mean, it's a difficult situation driven by one person for his own personal beliefs, his own animosity towards me, and his concern about what's inside an ethics complaint that was filed before I was even speaker. There you have uh, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy um, trading barbs with uh, Matt Gates. We heard the Gates's um, commentary a little earlier, and each of them raise very good points. I think this is a, a healthy debate that has to happen. Uh, I would label it healthy communication, uh, although it, it seems a little um, toxic at times. I think it's a conversation that has to be had in a process that we need to go through because there's a, a battle for the identity of of America, uh, a battle for the identity of the Republican conference uh, and a battle for how we move forward. What does that path look like? And we have to chart the path forward, whether it's in unity or or desperately, but we have to have the same end goal. And uh, everything he raises is valid. I think um, if I were Hamas, I would say, yeah, look, the Americans can't, you know, I mean, I don't think they care that much about if, if uh, our, our, our um, Congress is in session. But ultimately, they say, oh, they got their own domestic issues going on. There's some infighting there. You know, we know how it gets when things get hyper-political. They've been through those processes uh, on on their front. So why not strike now? Of course, they also did it with the um, 50th anniversary of of the war. So I think there's a lot of things that go into this, but ultimately nothing he said 
was was inaccurate in terms of you know we need a speaker we have to have one and i think gates said the same thing and that's one area where they both agree we need a speaker i think jim jordan's the guy for the job honestly i wasn't even that against mccarthy um I think we, we need to get it done. And I realize there's a need for somebody that can reach across the aisle. I know uh, a lot of my conservative friends are going to beat me up on that. But that, you know, having worked in government and in the government that I worked in with New Jersey is a blue state. You, you have to play nice at times with the Democrats more often than not. Otherwise, nothing gets done. And that's what we're seeing now. And hopefully we'll land in a better place. And if we land with somebody like Jim Jordan, we'll be in the right place. But until then, we've got to keep trudging ahead. Anyway, folks, we continue our conversation about Biden's kamikaze climate plan that's going to destroy the American economy even more than he's already done. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez coming right back. city that never sleeps 17 miles from madison square garden new york city it's america at night with rich valdez america's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across america and now here is your host rich valdez Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And there's um, plenty of headlines to discuss. We're going to get into plenty of them throughout the night. Uh, of course, Jim Jordan um, has put his uh, campaign for speaker on pause as they figure out what's going on with uh, Patrick McHenry as the temporary speaker and trying to give him more power. And others are saying, no, we shouldn't do that. And I agree, we should not. We should... Uh, keep going until we get a speaker. Let's get this thing done. So uh, that's that. And uh, we also have uh, a new poll out that says that the threat of terror in the United States and globally has increased under Biden's watch. I can't help but agree with that. And um, the Homeland Security officer that was formerly a Palestinian Liberation Organization spokesperson has been put on leave for making her F Israel comments. And um, that honestly, uh, I'm going to say, came as a surprise to me. I, I would have thought that they would have done nothing about it. And even the the uh, temporary leave of absence or whatever she's been put on uh, is likely to be nothing anyway. But, uh, it, you know, it's a little something to appease people. I'm sure she's going to be alive and well doing what she does uh, wherever she ends up in our government. And speaking of things that are going on. Over the summer, Joe Biden, after the uh, the wildfires in Hawaii, he was uh, really going hard on the environment. And if it's not him, it's Vice President Kemala Eris that she's uh, the, the border czar and the climate czar and the, the gun control czar. She's czaring all over the place. And they, um, they're always repeating the same lines. But I have a clip from uh, the summertime where Biden is saying the climate threat is as serious as anything we've ever seen. Listen to this. I don't think anybody can deny the impact of the climate crisis anymore. Just look around. Historic floods. I mean, historic floods. More intense droughts. 
extreme heat, significant wildfires have caused significant damage like we've never seen before, not only throughout the Hawaiian Islands in the United States, but in Canada and other parts of the world. We've never seen this much fire. And while we're dealing with this latest extreme weather event, I remain laser focused on recovering and rebuilding efforts in Maui. We were out there and many of you were there as well. It's devastating what happened there. So you got wildfires in the United States. There's a wildfire burning in the Middle East. There's a wildfire in in Europe. And I'd say Biden's fingerprints are on all of them. We don't hear much about those wildfires anymore because we're too busy talking about new things that Biden has broken. Uh, but there's an excellent piece in The Hill. Uh, title, Biden's Kamikaze Climate Plan for the U.S. Economy. And um, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, it's by Steve Malloy. You know him from JunkScience.com, and he's with us right now. Steve Malloy, welcome back, sir. Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me back. You bet. Uh, I want to get into this. Walk us through it. Take your time. We have some time uh, to, to really make sure you nail all the points here, because I think, you know, the way you've put it, uh, that it's a kamikaze plan, I think it's fantastic. It's, it's really well put, because that's really what he's done with everything, right? It's one thing yeah. to be a bull in a china shop. It's another thing to be a kamikaze. And I think that's the exact approach that he's taking. Yeah. Well, so in, in my view, um, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but uh, climate is just a big fat hoax. Uh, I, I, there's, I don't think emissions are driving warming. As a matter of fact, over the past eight years, even though we had just came out of the hottest summer, there's been no global warming over the past eight years, despite 450 billion tons of emissions. You know, we're told that every emission warms the planet. That's obviously not true. But so if you, even if you don't agree with me, um, you know, you, you, we can, we, you can, simple math can be done. I mean, the United States is a you know, small part of global emissions, and it's a shrinking part of global emissions. And even if we go to net zero, you know, you can use, uh, you know, official UN climate models to show that the global temperature is hardly going to change if we went to net zero today. So um, no matter what we do, nothing is going to happen yet. Joe Biden, you know, he has this all of government approach uh, to climate and he is he's going to shut down our coal plants. He's, you know, EPA has proposed to shut down our coal plants or shut down our gas plants. We're going to get rid of gasoline-powered cars. Everyone's going to drive an EV. Uh, the Defense Department is not going to use gasoline-powered tanks. They're going to use battery. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is just crazy. And, we're, and so we're going yeah, down this. We're going down this net-zero path. Um, and you know, just on top of that, um, I didn't mention all this in my piece, but uh, you know, 25 years ago, Joe Biden and John Kerry, when they were senators. Uh, you know, voted, were part of the, the unanimous Senate that voted 95 to nothing to not do anything on climate unless China was going to do something. Okay. So now we're, you know, last month in, in September, uh, the UN had its annual climate week and China chose this moment to say that, you know what, we're not going to net zero. You know, we're going to keep using fossil fuels. We're going to burn more fossil fuels because we need it. Right. And so, okay, well, if the Chinese aren't going to net zero, then why are we going to net zero? Because everybody voted against doing that. <laughs> right. and, and so, but, but, so that's just one thing. So China is not doing anything on climate. China is the, is the world's biggest emitter. China burns half the coal, okay? Uh, there, as a matter of fact, right now China is building uh, a coal fleet that is the same size as the entire U.S. fleet. And it already has, you know, a coal fleet that's four or five times larger than ours. So uh, China's just burning fo coal and other fossil fuels like there's no tomorrow. 
at the same time, you know, um, the Biden administration is actually starting to make excuses for Chinese coal, which is really bizarre. Uh, the the <laughs> Biden Energy Department came out with a report saying, well, you know, Chinese coal plant emissions might not be so bad if they use them to charge EVs, which, you know, they drive for 180,000 miles. And I mean, it's just, it was a very bizarre statement. They're sort of trying to excuse China's you know, ongoing onslaught of emissions that are dwarfing ours. But we're still going to net zero. And while we're going to net zero, you know, we're bringing on EVs and more solar and wind. Of course, where do all these things come from? What do they depend on? They depend on communist China. We are, as we go green, we are making ourselves dependent on our, you know, mortal geopolitical rival, our, you know, our, our enemy. Um, and... <clears throat> And the Biden administration, you know, has finally sort of come to the realization, at least privately, that you know, we're not going to be we're not going to be energy independent of China. We're just going to get more and more dependent on China, um, and that's what they think privately. But publicly, they're telling everybody, um, yeah, yeah, we're going to be energy independent. You know, we don't need China. Blah blah blah. And, and the and the whole thing is just crazy. Um, and, and so it it really it's this kamikaze plan because, you know, we're we're, we're there's no way we're going to accomplish anything. You know, whether you agree with me that climate is a hoax or whether you think that uh, Al Gore is right, um, you can do the simple math. You know, the emissions are, are, global emissions are not really going to change. As a matter of fact, they're going up. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you know, although Biden talks about net zero all the time, uh, last week it's uh, the Biden administration energy department came out with a report saying that, yes, global emissions are going to go up by 2050 and we're not going to be at net zero. So there's no point in cutting emissions, yet we're still doing it. And not only are we cutting emissions, we're making ourselves dependent on China. And the whole thing, I mean, I mean this, is, this is just going to result in disaster. It, you know, he, he is crashing our economy. Um, we need cheap energy. Um, you can see what, you know, just gasoline going from $2 to $4 costs 14% inflation. Right? No, we we no cannot, question. yeah, <laughs> we cannot afford this green agenda, even if it worked, and even if it, would, if it, even if it wasn't going to make us dependent on communist China. But he just doesn't care. I mean, there's no fact that is going to get him off this. You know, it's so crazy, Rich. I don't know if you, you know, in, in uh, September, when Biden was at the G20 meeting, Biden said that global warming over the next 10 years is going to be worse than nuclear war. And, you know, a lot of the media didn't report it because I it was stupid. Took it very seriously because it sounds stupid. <clears throat> but then about two weeks ago, uh, Martha McCallum was interviewing John Kirby, who is Biden's National Security Council spokesman, and she asked him about Biden's comment. And Kirby, <laughs> who's got to be one of the biggest liars I've ever heard in my life, oh, he's, he he's goes, special. he she she asked him about that. She goes, is there, is global warming really worse than nuclear war? Uh, or and he goes, yeah, it's science. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that clip. That was great. Yeah, yeah. No, these people are nuts. And, and we're strapped to Biden at least until 2025. And, you know, if, if Republicans can't get their act together, we're going to be strapped to Biden or Democrats until 2029. I mean, they're going to do a lot of damage to um, our economy and our standard of living and our freedoms with this green agenda. You know, Steve Malloy, as you're saying this, I'm looking at your piece and uh, in thehill.com. It's a good piece, by the way, uh, if you want to check it out. It's Biden's Kamikaze Climate Plan for the U.S. Economy. And 
Something that you said here, and you you already alluded to this, but the way it's spelled out here is just so good. Uh, China j- finally drops its net zero pose, and they're the largest emitter, and they've promised to reach net zero by 2060. But their climate envoy, the Chinese climate envoy, now says that, com- quote, completely phasing out fossil fuel is unrealistic because fossil fuels are essential to maintain grid stability and energy security given the sometimes unreliable nature of renewables. And I think, why is it that we have to allow China to take the lead on this? You know, uh, allow the, the, the communists to, um, to seem like they're the ones that figured out the Rubik's Cube when we've known this all along. Well, yeah, and it's always been true. And, um, you know, I, I, I study this enough to realize that all this green stuff is just, you know, it's just a big hoax. There's, there's, there's no technology that is on the horizon that is going to replace fossil fuels anytime soon. Uh, maybe one day, uh, but in the very far distant future, I wonder how many of us will be alive to see anything like that. I don't think it's possible. The Chinese realize this. I mean, that quote you just, you just read, um, you know, and sort of very diplomatically said. I mean, the Chinese are literally burning coal like there's no tomorrow. Burning, they're buying all the oil they can. They're trying to produce all the oil and coal they can. And the same with India. And you know, if if Africa ever comes online, they're going to be the same way. Um, you know, fossil fuels are necessary for development. It's why the United States developed. It's why Europe developed. Um, there's just, you know, wind and solar, they're nice ideas, I guess, but they don't work. They're just not reliable. They're more expensive. Um, And, and, and they, of course, they don't accomplish what they're supposed to be accomplishing, which is, you know, improving the weather. I want to get into that straight ahead. Folks, we're on with Steve Malloy. Check out his website, junkscience.com. We're going to continue with discussing uh, why there's such a push for green energy if it costs us a ton of money and it is unsustainable in the name of sustainability. Folks, don't go anywhere. Again, your calls and more are welcome. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. This is America. This is night. This is Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. We are on with Steve Malloy, junkscience.com. Great website. Check it out. Sign up for their newsletter. And uh, we're discussing this drama. And we discuss it every now and again. I like to reiterate it because A, new listeners, and B, uh, there's still a lot of people are on the fence, especially when they hear Ah, the whole climate thing's a hoax. They, they're so sold on this idea that, no, 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 if, if we don't recycle, if we don't, uh, you know, keep destroying our ozone layer, then there's something that we can do to save uh, our planet. And, and it's a very altruistic thing, and I think that's why people don't like to, to admit that uh, the percentage of um, hydrogen in our atmosphere is relatively unchanged. The percentage of increase 
for temperature globally also hasn't really changed. Steve Malloy, why do you feel that at the other side, the side that's saying, oh my gosh, the polar bears are dying, we're going to die in 12 years, uh, why are they so successful in scaring the crap out of most people? Well, uh, you know, they have captured virtually uh, every institution in America the left has. And, of course, the left, you know, climate is the left's ultimate, you know, plan for control of everything we do. Uh, they captured the schools. They've captured the media, which is where most people get their information from. Um, you know, unless you listen to a show like yours or Fox News or Newsmax, something like that, or maybe the Wall Street Journal editorial page, you're going to get bombarded constantly with climate alarmism uh, until Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter. Uh, you know, people like me were shadow banned and censored. So it was difficult to get, get the word out. Um, and, and so people have really just been brainwashed. Yeah, it's sad. And, you know, I saw something the other day and um, I, it really impressed upon me that the amount of fossil fuel that you have to burn to, to mine the materials for an EV battery outweighs what, what you would use to build a car. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, a, a typical EV battery weighs about 1,000 pounds, which is a lot. Um, but you have to mine half a million pounds of material to make a 1,000-pound battery. I mean, that's just crazy. And of course, yeah. where, where does this stuff get mined? It gets strip-mined in China, where there's no environmental regulation. You know, China's environment is a disaster. Yeah, people um, are running it, around with masks on. It's not even COVID. Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> that's right. If environmentalists were really concerned about the environment, they would go to China. But, of course, they don't. Crazy stuff. Now, Steve Malloy, what's your best advice to those that are on the fence or saying, you know what, Mr. Junk Science, uh, you, you make a good argument. Um, wh where do you send them? Uh, I send them to my Twitter feed because I cover this stuff every day. And I often say the same thing multiple times because it just is what it takes for people to, you know, I, I have, uh, I explain things, I have links. Um, you know, my website is junkscience.com, but I do most of my work on a daily basis on Twitter just because, it, you know, linking to news articles and things like that. Um, I make the case every day. And, and, you know, go there, read what I have to say. If you have questions, ask me. All right, Steve Malloy, check him out at, at Junk Science on Twitter, where I'm supposed to say now known as X, which I don't like to say. Right. And, uh, of course, you can go to JunkScience.com. Uh, Steve Malloy, what do you think uh, happens uh, moving forward? Does this, the climate alarmism continue? Does Biden continue to get his way? Or ultimately, uh, do, um, do the climate crazies kind of um, succumb to normalcy and just leave it alone? Well, uh, I think reality eventually is going to collapse this because it's just it's not affordable, not sustainable. It's not happening. Um, the question is, what damage will be done by the time reality sets in? Will we be totally dependent on China? Will we have destroyed our electricity grid? You know, what damage will we have done? Yeah, well put. All right, folks, that's Steve Malloy. Check him out at junkscience.com. Steve, I appreciate you. You're a gentleman, a scholar, and a patriot. All right, Rich, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. Godspeed. All right, folks, we continue uh, with our conversation. Straight ahead, we're going to get into um, 
censorship in the media, kind of what he was talking about, how he gets censored when he puts information that kind of goes against the existing narrative that everything you do is destroying the planet. And then we look at how much that 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 damage is, and it's not as much as we thought it was. There's a lot of things that the media tends to censor, including that hospital in Gaza that was shot by the Hamas terrorists or Islamic Jihad, and they blamed the Jews instantly. Anyway, we're going to talk about media censorship with Dan Schneider straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. Familia, welcome back, amigos. Rich Valdez with you straight till 1 a.m. tonight. And our phone number, if you want to join our conversation, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. I want to talk about censorship in the media, and I want to do it with Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider is uh, the vice president of Free Speech America at MRC, the Media Research Center. And um, Dan's a great guy. Dan, welcome to the program, sir. Rich, it's been a while since we've spoken. I'm glad to be able to talk to you. Likewise. Thanks for being here and staying up late. Um, being live and, and late night is, you know, I tell people, yeah, you're going to have you on at 1030, 1130. And, and then they call in the morning. <laughs> They're like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. You'd be surprised. Folks, I want to let you know, Dan Schneider is a, a lawyer, a policy professional, a political strategist. Uh, through his lengthy career, he's worked in Washington, D.C., New York City, and in Zhengzhou, China. Uh, He's currently vice president of Free Speech America at MRC, and he was previously the executive director of the American Conservative Union, which organizes CPAC, and he's done an amazing job with that over the years. Uh, His work in government has included roles in the White House, the executive branch, the United States Senate, and the United States House of Representatives. Got his law degree from Columbia University, his undergrad from University of Kansas. And here's here's the one I, I read all of this to read this part. In 1988, Dan broke the world record for highest elevation golf shot ever when he used a five iron at the second base camp of Annapurna in the Himalayas. That's something. Dan <laughs> Schneider, I didn't know that one about you. That's cool. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed my life. I've done some interesting things. And the best thing, of course, is marrying my wife. Uh, amen to that. Now, how often do people call you the player from the Himalayas? <laughs> not many people actually know about that. But, oh, well, uh, now I, we know. I, America, he's the player from the Himalayas. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not know at the moment that I was breaking the world record, but nobody, uh, nobody had bothered to take a, a club up to the top of the Himalaya. So <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was a good shot. Well, I want to I want to get into uh, first of all, let everybody know, uh, because the Media Research Center, you guys do a, a amazing work there. Brent Bozell and the rest of the guys, uh, a lot of stuff. And, and you, there's a bunch of divisions and and like CNS News and whatnot. And, and tell us exactly what Free Speech America is all about. It's about stopping online censorship. Big tech uh, is out to silence people's voices. You know, the legacy media, the print media, the networks, the, the cable shows, they just don't cover stories. They choose not to cover the stories that embarrass the left, that embarrass the Democrats. But 
individuals, we have access you know, to uh, these social media platforms. We can go around uh, the, the, the big legacy media, people who refuse to cover the news. So then people like Rich Valdez tell the people what's going on, and big tech tries to silence us. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, Rich, we, we know what the First Amendment is for. Uh, it is for political speech. It's not – the First Amendment doesn't exist so that we can trade cooking recipes. It exists so we can debate the most important issues facing America. It is what is necessary for a democratic republic to survive. We are supposed to be able to debate these tough issues. We're supposed to have forceful disagreements and see who wins the argument you know, through, the, elect, uh, through the, the, the electoral process. But big tech run by a whole bunch of leftists, they do not like when people disagree with their agenda. And so instead of in, engaging in a debate and trying to win the debate, they just censor us. Well, and you know, there was a really clear case of that uh, yesterday, right? Yesterday, this week, with the um, hospital bombing in Gaza all over the Internet, it was it was the IDF, it was Israel, it was the Jews. They were the ones responsible for blowing up this hospital. And then, you know, a little while later, you get some reports. Well, we have the video. The video looks like it's friendly fire. It looks like it's coming from here. Then the, the IDF gets their their hands on a um, audio of the guys admitting that they did it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we hit the wrong target or whatever it was. And, and and now that's out there. And it's just remarkable to me. And then Biden even corroborated it when at his meeting with Netanyahu saying, you know, apparently uh, it seems we've heard, you know, what, whatever the, he said. And and I, it almost sounded like he was upset that it that it, yeah, it was the other team. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. It was the other team. I know the other I'm, team. It, it's really, sad. frankly, just if I can just say something, it's offensive that he would refer to these people as teams. Yeah. You know, we've got uh, the only re- de- democracy in the Middle East fighting for its survival. It's been attacked by a bunch of terrorists. Those terrorists don't form a team. They are a corrupt, evil empire trying to destroy democracy. This is not a team sport. It's a survival of, of civilization at stake. Uh, I anyway. Don't, I don't disagree with that at all. But when we look at this, um, it's to me, it's clear. And this was just one instance where it bubbled up in in, in American media and people were pushing it and and saying, no, 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 hold on. What you're hearing is a lie. You know, all these stories that Sky News put out there in The New York Times, the big story in The Times, um, you know, and and then I I guess the caveat that they add to it is, you know, um, uh, IDF blows up hospital, comma, Palestinians say. And it's like, is that really how we make headlines nowadays? So, you know, whether it's online or in print or wherever, there's tons of um, misinformation and disinformation. And when it comes to putting out genuine information, oftentimes we're censored. So tell us about what, you know, I know you guys are focused on policing um, online censorship, but how do you do it? Well, look, we've got a few different teams, as you know. Uh, the heart of the organization is the News Analysis Division, NAD. They're the ones who for decades now, since 1987, have been literally watching every network news show that comes on, ABC, NBC, CBS, they monitor NPR, PBS, all of those things. And they, they actually calculate the number of minutes that are devoted to one story versus another, you know, the, uh, this, the same day that that Trump was indicted, 
you know, news broke that uh, about about Joe Biden and bribery and and uh, our news analysis team, they calculated the minutes, 527 minutes the networks devoted to Donald Trump being indicted. And Rich, you know how we work. You know how the media works. You're not going to be surprised by this. How many nanoseconds were devoted by the networks to the Biden bribery scandal? Zero. Zero. 527 minutes about Trump being indicted. Zero minutes about all the evidence that had just come out about Biden uh, being a a part of a bribery scheme. Absolute insanity. Uh, Folks, we're on with Dan Schneider, VP at the MRC. He's in charge of Free Speech America there. And we're going to continue our discussion on censorship, big tech censorship, online censorship, and everything else, plus your calls if you want to weigh in. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. 19 Republican attorneys general issued a damning letter to Eventbrite, the uh, infamous event planning platform which attempted to thwart an event highlighting the dangers of sex transitions for children. The letter was led by South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson lambasted Eventbrite after it unpublished a November 6th event hosted by the Palmetto Family Council. The South Carolina event called Stop the Insanity aimed to draw attention to the irreversible damages of genital mutilation and gender transitioning for children. And the uh, event was going to feature testimony from Chloe Cole. She's a famed detransitioner. And Eventbrite claimed in its disturbing takedown notice that the event violated the website's policy on hateful and dangerous events. <laughs> the attorneys general expressed concern that uh, Eventbrite appeared to be censoring political speech and basically because they didn't like it. Uh, our guest, Dan Schneider, vice president of Free Speech America at the Media Research Council. Dan Schneider, I mean, again, disappointing but not surprising. What say you? Well, look. Uh, Eventbrite is a platform that's used by a lot of people when they, when they hold events and people can register on it for their events. Imagine if Eventbrite canceled somebody's event because they had a black person speaking. What what kind of uproar would we have about that? And there'd be lawsuits. You know, this is terrible. This is evil. You are, you discriminate against people because of their color. Or let's say that Eventbrite canceled an event because it was a group of women who were speaking. Again, it would be terrible. People have a constitutional right to speak. And and this topic, of course, is about the harmful effects of when children uh, are castrated, when girls uh, have mastectomies, you know, young girls. You know, what are the harmful effects of these sorts of things? I think every doctor on the planet would recognize that they're 
or harms that, that it's perfectly just and right to discuss. And of course, there's also the moral implication. And we can have opinions about morality. That is part of what the political process entails. And for Eventbrite, then to discriminate against a very fine organization, the Palmetto Institute's a very fine organization, to discriminate because of a difference of opinion. This is terrible. Our country has never seen anything like this, uh, except for the most heinous situations where people are discriminated against based on their race or sex, those sorts of things. You know, America has to rise up and understand our civil rights are at stake. Now, Dan Schneider, I'm supposing, and maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me if I am, <clears throat> that Eventbrite, just like other organizations in the past, is going to say, well, we are a private company and those are our rules and, you know, you, you don't have free speech in my private company. Uh, are they going to be able to use that as a defense? Well, you know, again, if, if somebody tried to cancel an event because there was a black speaker, that would be a civil rights violation. Right. But free speech, the First Amendment, is, is a constitutionally protected right. So there's a big question here. In addition, in 1980, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a ruling, a holding, talking about, you know, it, when the, the primary mode of communication occurs through private property, that property becomes essentially government. That, that related to a shopping mall where there were teenage kids who were trying to distribute leaflets promoting uh, an event and they were shut down and those kids sued and, and the Supreme court held that that shopping mall served as the primary mode of communication. And thus those kids had a constitutionally protected uh, speech, uh, free speech, right. That was violated when, when they were denied the ability to, to distribute those leaflets event, right. Uh, and, and while the people holding the event can make a very similar argument saying event, right. Cannot, restrict our speech without violating our constitutional rights. You know, either way, Eventbrite should stay out of the business of politics. Of you know, this it, it's a private company. If it wants to dis, if it, if it were allowed to discriminate, then at least it, it has got to start filing with the federal election commission as in-kind contributions to the left. You know, <laughs> all these big tech platforms, they want it both ways. They want to right. be able to say, well, we can do anything we want to help, the left to help the Democrats, but we don't have to file with the federal election commission as in kind contributions. They can't have it both ways. What do you think the outcome of this is with these uh, 19 attorneys general jumping onto this bandwagon? Do you think event right will uh, change course? Or are they going to dig their heels in double down and say, screw you, let's fight. Well, look, the, I want to just thank uh, Alan Wilson, the, the attorney general of South Carolina, who, yeah. who, who brought 18 additional state attorneys general to this fight. And uh, this is where conservatives can win today. You know, we all know that Joe Biden and, uh, and the so-called Justice Department, are, they're doing everything they can to silence conservatives, to stop us. You know, they're certainly not investigating when, when uh, Planned Parenthood clinics uh, or, or rather when crisis pregnancy uh, center clinics are, are destroyed and firebombed, mm -hmm. they're only trying to stop people who want to protest peacefully in front of a Planned Parenthood clinic. So these state AGs are doing amazing work protecting our rights. And, you know, and Rich, you raised a, you know, a, a genuine question, a good question about you know, whether Eventbrite as a private company has the right to discriminate against people. 
that's under federal law. State laws have right. additional protections to people. So I am not an expert on South Carolina law or Alaska law or Arizona law, all these different uh, AGs who, who have joined this suit. But there may, lot, there may be lots of state protections for, the, for, uh, for these individuals as well. Oh, I hope there is, uh, because I think it's it's just bad business, honestly, for Eventbrite to to you know to yeah. piss off a bunch of people that could have been customers. I can tell you, I'll, I will likely not use Eventbrite again just because they did that. Anyway, folks, we're on with Dan Schneider, uh, Vice President of Free Speech America at the Media Research Center. We're going to come right back and wrap up with him straight ahead. Plus, our phone number, Open Phone America, is just around the corner. Uh, that's at the top of the hour, 833-482-5337 is the phone number. You can start getting your calls in now, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337, 833-482-5337. That's Valdez with an S. I want to listen to you, Rich, all the time. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, we, we go to the phones with our guest, Dan Schneider, Vice President at MRC Free Speech America. Let's go to Brian Alamo, California, listening on KTEL out of Washington State. Brian, you're on with Dan Schneider and Rich Valdez. Go right ahead quickly. Uh, thanks, uh, Mr. Schneider. You hear me okay? Go right ahead. I can hear you. Thanks, Brian. Great. Enjoy your program. Uh, my son's a policeman in Oakland, California, so I, I battled the uh, left media about, well, you're independent, but you're biased if you only talk to one side of the equation. And, you know, that happens really on both sides. I'll just quickly get to the question. Okay, I'll get it. It's coming up. Uh, your statistic on NAD. Uh, I know so much about Hunter Biden. I, how do you come up with zero coverage? All right. Thank you, Brian. Dan Schneider? We literally had a stopwatch ready to measure every second that ABC, NBC, and CBS discussed uh, the, the Joe Biden bribery scandal for the whole week. And with the same stopwatch applied, uh, applied to Donald Trump. And the data is the data. You know, zero seconds devoted to the to the Joe Biden bribery scandal the whole week, uh, and when they covered 527 minutes of Donald Trump. This is the network: ABC, NBC, and CBS. And you know, I remember that when that story broke, the only place that you heard about it was Twitter uh, or the New York Post or you know outlets that actually were reporting. Uh, but you're right. Uh, initially, I'd say the first week, even probably the second week, you didn't hear much about it. It wasn't until I think the Comer hearing that they really broke the story and it got out there. Dan Schneider, in the 30 seconds that we have remaining, I want you to let everybody know how they can follow you and support the work that you're doing at the MRC. Well, we're at MRC.org. 
my Twitter handle is Schneider underscore DC. Uh, but just on that Hunter Biden laptop, just quickly, you know, the whole Hunter Biden laptop story was censored. And when we at MRC did a survey after the election, we discovered that 45 percent of Biden voters had never heard of the Hunter Biden laptop story. And 9.4 percent of them said they would not have voted for Biden had they learned of it. This wow. is election interference. Absolutely. Dan Schneider, VP at the Media Research Center, Free Speech America. Dan, you're a gentleman, a patriot, and a scholar, and I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Rich. You bet. All right, folks, Open Phone America is coming up right now. I am Rich Valdez, and we're coming right back. Get your calls in. city that never sleeps 17 miles from madison square garden new york city it's america at night with rich valdez america's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across america and now here is your host rich valdez Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be here with you this Thursday evening. Our phone number, if you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, this hour, hour number three, open phone America. You get to sound off on anything you like. I'm looking forward to hearing your opinions on everything. Um, Feel free to do it. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And uh, today, Kamala Harrah was at the White House. Kamala Harrah. <laughs> She's Irish now. Kamala O'Hara. No, Kamala Harris, also known here uh, as Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, was at the White House. And uh, she said that she supports the right of the Palestinian people to dignity, freedom, and self-determination. Listen to this. I, like so many of you, am deeply grateful for the leadership of President Joe Biden. Throughout, he has, as he always does, demonstrated strength, compassion, and moral clarity. And that is exactly what our country and our world needs in this moment. As we... Kamala, Kamala, it is... Joe Biden provides strength, something else, and moral clarity? Really? Has Joe Biden ever done that? I mean, there's a lot of things Joe Biden might be able to do, and I've never heard of strength and moral clarity coming from Joe Biden. Wow. Anyway, go right ahead. We have constantly made clear our support for Israel's security is unwavering, and Israel has a right to defend itself from Hamas terrorists. And let us be clear terrorism is never justified. And as I said yesterday, Israelis and Palestinians must have equal measures of security and prosperity. And I support the right of the Palestinian people to dignity, freedom, and self-determination. Hamas does not represent these aspirations. 
All right, Kamala. Now, listen, I honestly, I don't really care to have the debate. <clears throat> it doesn't make a big difference to me. And I'll tell you why. Uh, whether um, there's a, a, a clear delineation between uh, the Palestinian people and Hamas, uh, whether they're all supportive of Hamas or they're not, doesn't really matter to me. And I'll tell you why. Not because I don't care. But it's kind of like saying if there was a terrorist attack in the United States, which we've had, I would never look at America and go, you know, you got you got Democrats, you've got Republicans, you know, like the people who, who constantly beat me up on Twitter. And I'm talking about conservatives, right? I'll post something about something Eric Adams did. They'll put something like New Yorkers deserve everything they get. Everything they get, they voted for those people. You deserve AOC. You voted for her. Do you really think everybody's voting for AOC? Do you think everybody's voting for Eric Adams? Aren't there people like me and others? I mean, when you look at the list of conservatives that come out of New York, Rudy Giuliani, Sean Hannity, Donald Trump, just to name a few. There's a lot of conservatives in New York that I'm sure are not voting for these people. So uh, whether or not all the people uh, or not, because I know you say something like that and right away somebody quickly wants to argue, no, but they're, they're supporting Hamas irrespective of their, if they're supporting or not. Hamas is bad. Hamas is bad, hands down, punto y final, period, the end. That's the only way to look at this. They are terrorists, and she made that delineation, saying the Hamas terrorists are, are no good, they're no bueno, just like que mal aires, and that's fine. And I think that uh, this might be one of the smartest things I've ever heard her say, and I never thought I'd say that she said something smart, but she did. Uh, again, wasn't smart, just wasn't crazy and, and poorly thought out like she usually says. Uh, what's crazy about this is that she said she's deeply grateful for the leadership, uh, demonstrated strength, compassion, and moral clarity. I've, I've never seen that coming out of Joe Biden, but that's the story there. And of course, things continue to be, uh, rocky to say the least in the wildfires that Biden has started in the Middle East. Shame on him. Anyway, I want to get to your calls on this stuff. Uh, Doc's been on hold the longest. He called in first. Let's go to Doc in Wilmington, Delaware, W-D-E-L. Doc, go right ahead. Yes, Rich, thanks for taking my call. Yes, uh, I heard you a couple of nights ago about your anniversary on your show. A couple of requests before I made my statement, about the, my main statement of the evening. I'd like you to, go, to do a show every year about your anniversary and devote a large part of your show to merely yourself. Let the callers like me call in and ask you about Ask about Rich Valdez. Period. Oh, that's cool. You can do like, that any day, though, by the way. Open Phone America. Everything no, goes. I'd li- open Phone America, but I'd, but I'd like to like it to be devoted uh, every year on the anniversary of your starting the show, mainly to you and your career and everything else. Also, well, thank you. on Open Phone America, I'd like you to do a memorial every year to Jim Bohan and Kathy Johnson, just for open, on Open Phone America, and, and have callers come in. And like myself, I love that. Ask, uh, directly about that. I'd like you to just think of those ideas. Not my yeah. main point. Um, there are books written about this. And there's a publication in Washington D.C. called Washington Report on the Middle East, which you can get in any good newsstand, any good library in New York City. It's a scholarly thing. It's, it's it has an Arab slant, so it's not totally unbiased. But what they pointed out in that magazine is something I've known for a long, long time, which is that Hamas, believe it or not, is a holy, holy, holy created cloth of the Israeli intelligence service Mossad through the back door, and here's why. There were there were elements in the PLO back in the day that wanted to talk true peace with Israel. When Israel found that out, they, they segregated through the back door, and the Arabs didn't know this was being done. Israel funded these people, did not turn, just gave them money, that's all. They funded these people to the hilt, the violent extremists in the PLO, which then formed Hamas, 
and Hamas set about with their terrorist training, hunting down the people that want to talk peace inside Israel and outside of Israel and assassinated them. Okay, so Israel had an Arab group during its dirty work for them. There were elements of Israel then as now, not the Jewish people, not the majority of the Jewish state. Elements in Israel then as now that that want a group like Hamas that could justify their existence as an armed state. They have to be an armed state anyway because they're threatened on all sides by Arab states. But had they had internal peace with the Palestinians, half of this crap would not be happening. Yeah, I guess I, you, you can make that argument for, for any um, entity, right? If we had internal peace here, we wouldn't need a lot of things. But I get the argument you're making, and I don't know anything about that. But I do know that there was Fatah and Hamas, and Fatah became rivals. Hamas was the religious faction. Fatah was the um, secular fas- uh, faction, all trying to do a similar type of thing. And it makes sense to me. I mean, in, and again, no slight on anybody. But uh, the United States, our, our CIA, is infamous, right, for for arming bin Laden, creating bin Laden, then bin Laden turns on us. We've we've done this a number of times. The uh, the the Soviet war in, with Iran, the Iran Iraq war. We've been involved in everything, and and I get it. Intelligence people uh, tend to play uh, both sides against the middle. Oftentimes, it's kind of the the nature of their work, and. Um, uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, and I think that's why uh, JFK said we should smash the CIA into a thousand pieces. I, I agree with that. <clears throat> we would be, I guess we'd be better off if we did less meddling with our CIA and um, more, um, you know, actual intelligence work abroad. Perhaps it's below my pay grade and I don't know uh, enough to think that, you know, maybe that that meddling that we do overseas is how we keep our our country safe. I tend to think not so much, right? But uh, interesting point. And uh, as to your point about um, an, an homage to me, um, I'm happy to answer any questions anybody has about me. Uh, of course, um, I'd love to do something every year to acknowledge Jim Bohannon, and i um, happy to do that as well, as well as Kathy Johnson. May God rest their souls. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, what you're saying um, makes, makes sense. It's a, it's a plausible thing, Doc. Rich, um, the person, it's not above your pay grade. I'm going to tell you who said the same thing you said about intelligence work. None other than Richard Helms, former director of the CIA, said the CIA should be in the business, and I, I quote, of gathering intelligence only and leave military actions to the military. Yeah, uh, I support that. <laughs> I support that. Listen, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a war hawk, although some might think I am, and I'm not a pacifist uh, either. I think um, the approach that you have is the, the Reagan approach, you know, um, uh, peace through strength. If we have to go at it, we will. If not, don't start none, and there won't be none. And I think that's how we should do it. And lamentably, I think so many people in Washington are swayed because of the military uh, the military industrial complex. I think they have uh, a lot of sway in a lot of people. And uh, for me, it's one of the reasons I like Trump. He was able to figure it out. And he figured out, you know what? We can still feed this monster by keeping a strong military. We have, you know, we keep building bombs, guns, tanks, you name it, uh, so that the military industrial complex is satisfied and they're making their money. Uh, and the, the country has this arsenal and we don't have to use it, right? He can use the tactics that he used, like when he was meeting with the uh, head of the Taliban and showed him a video of, you know, of uh, the sights on this guy's per- personal private home. And the guy was like, well, why, why are you showing me a video of my home? 
And he said, well, you'll have to figure that out. But if another American soldier dies, we're going to have to visit you. You know, <laughs> I mean, he probably got that from one of his neighbors in New York City, John Gotti. But you know what? It was a good it was a good thing to do. It's the right approach. You don't have to kill anybody to be clear and state your position. Doc, I think you're spot on. Thank you for the call. Really, really insightful. I really appreciate it. And we're going to continue with the rest of your calls straight ahead. We've got a full board. If you're trying to get in and you can't, uh, a line will open up momentarily. Just keep calling. Uh, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Best head of hair in live late night radio six years in a row. It's Rich Valdez. For 75 years, NATO has kept peace in Europe and has been the cornerstone of American security. And if Putin attacks a NATO ally, we will defend every inch of NATO which the treaty requires and calls for. We'll have something that we do not seek. Make it clear, we do not seek. We do not seek to have American troops fighting in Russia or fighting against Russia. Of course, that's President Joe Biden speaking at an uh, airbase earlier tonight around 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, on Thursday night. And he said a lot of things he said. We have a number of clips. But that is what he was saying and talking about lots of things, uh, but mainly what's going on in the Middle East and uh, trying to you know, absolve himself from any uh, culpability there. And uh, I want to get your uh, reaction to that. Let's go to Michael Pendleton, Oregon, on KUMA. Michael, go right ahead quickly. Hey, Rich. Uh, great talking to you. And, thank you, brother. Uh, thank Likewise. You great job you do. Uh, yes, and you're making Jimbo Hannon proud. Um, yeah, my thank point, you. Uh, you know, the similarity a little bit with I want to, I do want to give President Biden, Vice President Harris, uh, credit for the good points I made. Um, I look at Ukraine, of course, with my girlfriend over there in Israel. Um, they they were attacked, and they have a right to defend themselves. I want to see, you know, I want to make clear, I think most of the Palestine people uh, are good people. I feel most of the Russian people are good people, but I would like to see Russia and Ukraine live in peace. I would like to see Palestine and Israel live in peace. Um we're a long ways from that right now, I realize, Rich. Um, but that's my hope. Um, yeah. Well, let me just they, comment on that, cover- because I think that it some of these things, again, and they're similar in, in the sense that Putin, if I'm going to take him at his word, he says he wants to restore the land of the Russian Empire, which included Ukraine as part of Russia. And when you write this in this 500-page document that he authored, not last summer, but the summer before, one can only believe what you're saying, that you want to take back. And they use words like annex, as if that, you know, it's it's an invasion and you're taking land that isn't yours anymore, right? Kind of like, you know, this is Israel now, all right? We're going to annex this. No, you can't annex anything. It's, It's stealing, right? At least that's how I see it. To me, it's very black and white. Um, So when you have people with such um, diametrically opposed points of view where they have 
beef over real estate, but then moreover, they have ideological differences uh, with the with many in, in, in Palestine. They feel they've been pushed out of their land. And and Hamas's position is that Israel should not exist. And their goal is to eliminate Israel and every last Jew. When when that's your goal, very difficult to, to say, I hope we have peace one day. I don't know how we have peace one day with someone that wants to eliminate your existence. It's like saying we want the, you know, the Jews and the Nazis to get along really well back in, in, in the 1940s. Uh, I don't see that happening, right? Because their goal was the elimination of this people group. And, and as long as you have that as a, as a goal, uh, it's going to be very difficult to see peace. And you have to, in my opinion, focus on security, making sure that things are bad, but they don't get worse. I don't know if that makes sense. Michael. Uh, yes, good, good point, Rich. Uh, yeah, like I said, we're a long ways from that. Uh, but, you know, I, I realize that most of the Palestine people, uh, you know, they have an mosaic to see their utilities shut off, you know, and, and things like that. They need water, they need food, medicine. Um, and so that's part of the situation. Uh, but, um, yeah, like I said, they each have a right to defend themselves, Israel and Ukraine. Um, and like I said, I hope someday, you know, they can have a peaceful resolution. Well, but amen to I that, Michael. I agree. I agree. I hope they get to a point where they can have peace. I don't know that it'll happen. And again, it's it's um, to me, it's it's a tactic. I mean, the cops use this tactic when they're raiding a, a, a drug house. They'll uh, turn off the water and the power to get in there and get things back. And in this situation, Israel is, in effect, trying to rescue hostages. And uh, the easiest way for them to attack these guys is by turning off uh, their utilities and whatnot. And I realize that that impacts other people. And they've turned on the water in, in southern Gaza so that they can have water. Um, the, I don't think the point is to punish the the people uh, writ large. The, the point is to flush out the bad guys. And I don't know if it's happening fast enough, uh, especially not when the president of the United States decides to come and say, hey, look, here I am. I'm going to say a few words. That's definitely slowing down Israel from moving forward and giving uh, the other side, as Biden called it, the other team that needs to learn how to shoot better. Uh, they, um, he's giving them uh, a tactical advantage, to, time to regroup in what is a de facto ceasefire because he's there, uh, even though they're not necessarily stopping what they're doing, it's definitely slowed because Biden's there. And that, that only makes sense. Michael, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Always a great call from you. Uh, let us continue. <clears throat> Let's see. With one minute to go, maybe we'll continue on the other side. Uh, this way we don't rush anybody off the phone too too quickly. Uh, so, yeah, let me give you the phone number, 833-482-5337, 833-4VALDEZ. And just a reminder, if there's any interviews that we did, uh, like tonight we had uh, Laura Trump on uh, in the first hour. Uh, we had Steve Malloy on in the second hour and Dan Schneider from the MRC as well. If you missed any of those interviews or any of the interviews we've done at all, you can go to richvaldezamericaatnight.com, richvaldezamericaatnight.com. And you can hear the recorded version of uh, the daily radio show, or I should say nightly radio show, um, and get any episode you like and listen to it on demand. Plus, you could sign up for the podcast and subscribe to it absolutely free. No charge to you. 
and you could share it with your friends as well. So folks, we're coming right back. There is more to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. Congratulations on just an amazing show. I know you've worked so hard in the industry and nobody deserves it more than you do. So I'm happy to see you really succeeding here. It's awesome. America at Night with Rich Valdez. I'm still running for speaker and I plan to go to the floor uh, and get the votes and win this race. But I want to go talk with a, a few of my colleagues. Particularly, I want to talk with the 20 individuals who voted against me. Um, so that we can move forward and begin to work for the American people. All right, that's Jim Jordan, congressman from Ohio, saying um, he's continuing to run for speaker. He had initially uh, said that he was going to be putting his support behind a measure to make the uh, temporary speaker, Patrick McHenry, the interim speaker. And uh, he's still not abandoning his cause and uh, is bringing it directly to the members of Congress. Of course, uh, our commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, um, doesn't know what's going on anywhere. He says that, oh, it's the other team that blew up the hospital. Oh, yeah, and uh, they should learn how to shoot straight. Listen to this. And I'm not suggesting that Hamas deliberately did it either. It's that old thing, got to learn how to shoot straight. Uh, you know, and, uh, and it's not the first time Hamas has launched something that didn't function. So there we go. They got to learn how to shoot straight Joe Biden. Of course, we'll uh, we'll circle back with Jim Jordan uh, tomorrow because he's having a press conference at 8 a.m. Eastern time uh, to discuss uh, what I suppose is um, more of an update on his plans for speaker. And uh, we'll bring you that, uh, of course, if it happened during the daytime. We'll talk about it here at night. And I want to get to your calls. Uh, let's go to Sue, Schwenksville, Pennsylvania, WXDE. Go right ahead. Well, you just played the clip that I was calling about. I can't believe this guy. He says they got to learn to shoot straight. Unreal. By... Shooting straight, you hit the Israelis. Yeah, exactly. No, don't kill your own people. You should be hitting more of them. I, I mean, like, my head blew off when I read that. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, how tone deaf can you get? That man you know? is something else, Sue. He really is something special. When he was uh, with Netanyahu, he said something like, well, apparently uh, it was the other team. And again, it wasn't that he used the phrase the other team. It was the fact that uh, he was saying like he made it sound to me like saying, well, apparently they hit the other guy. And uh, well, listen to it. I'm deeply sad and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team. <laughs> it appears as though it, it, it almost seemed like he was deeply saddened that it was done by the other team, not by the Israelis. I just can't figure him out. Not that it was that it was a hospital that hit. He seemed to be upset that it was friendly fire as opposed to, yeah, again, same sentiment of like, you know, they, they missed the Jews. They, um, they, they hit their own guys. <laughs> What's going on here? Joe Biden's something else. And if I'm reading it wrong, forgive me, but he just sounds so terrible, Sue. Yeah, I think so, too. The other team, what is it, the baseball game? I mean, I, I can't get over it. I can't, like it's, he, for someone who's been in politics for so long, he does not read the room very well, does he? 
<laughs> I think you're 100% right on that one. Thank you, Sue. I appreciate it. Big shout out to Pennsylvania, WXDE. Uh, let us continue. Uh, we go to, where are we going to? Jim in Las Cruces, New Mexico, K-O-B-E. Jim, go right ahead. Hi. Uh, I think Joe needs to put more polygrip in his dentures. Also, that would help. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what I'm calling about. I've been puzzled by why the, I thought it was 22, but maybe it was only 20, uh, whatever the number was, all those Republicans who didn't want to vote for the most popular congressman in probably in modern history, which is, you know, Jim Jordan, uh, or do they have, are they, it's, it's political suicide. It would seem it's like, it's like Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger all over again. And I, <laughs> I can't imagine why they would want to do that. And then it occurred to me back in 2018, uh, just before the, the, the midterm then, the about 30 Republicans decided that they didn't want to run again. They wanted to get out of Dodge. And what they did was, I guess they wanted to be lobbyists or something else like that. I suspect that these these Congress people want to go out with a bang and they don't want to uh, run for re-election possibly next time up. And that's what You know, that's, that's one way of looking at it. I, I think... I mean, you got Congressman Ken Buck, who we've had on this program, taking a tough stance on online censorship and whatnot. Seems like a nice enough guy. However, he's been adamant saying there's not enough evidence to impeach Biden. He's been adamant about saying uh, that he's not um, on board with, with uh, you know, with, with the speaker's race. And ultimately, I, I look at that and I think, well, it's because he's in Colorado. And in Colorado, his his constituents um, they have an expectation and it may not really match his and he's defending himself because he's in a very purple district, uh, venture to say potentially blue district. And, and he feels like his seat is challenged or could be challenged. And, um, so he's fighting for political survival, uh, by not going on the conservative bandwagon. At my opinion, my assessment, if I'm wrong, Congressman Buck, you're welcome to come back and set the record straight. But I believe that that's what's going on there. And then you have others that were, you know, Scalise loyalists. You also have others that were that are McCarthy loyalists. And while they may not even want to put McCarthy's name in the ring again because he said he's not interested, uh, they want to put his name in there. And 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 this is, uh, again, in my opinion, a wasted vote. But they're doing it um, from the from what I can gather from Kerry Pickett and from Congressman Rich McCormick and others that we've had discussions with, it seems to me that they're doing this uh, to, to out of principle, to, to make a point. And, you know, uh, one theory was they don't want to hand it right over to Jim Jordan. They want him to work for it. Uh, others um, suggest that maybe certain members have certain requirements that they want met, whether it's uh, a, a personal political advantage or something else uh, in the appropriations process. And uh, when you have a guy like Jim Jordan coming in who's not afraid to take on a lot of issues and you've got people that are typically afraid of taking on the issues in Washington, you have a mismatch. And I think ultimately that's what happens there. Uh, so I don't know if it'll be political suicide for them. I, I certainly hope there is a consequence just so that we can move forward and we shouldn't be holding things up just for the sake of holding them up as well. 
but good point, Jim. Thank you. Big shout out to KOBE in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, let's see. where. What's the next one? We've got Harvard, Illinois, Sedona, Arizona, Boise, Idaho, Moorhead City, North Carolina, 80 miles north, and Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, let's go to Scott in Charleston, South Carolina, WTMA. Scott, go right ahead. Thank you for taking my call, Richard. It's kind of ironic that Joe Biden, who can't shoot straight with the American people, would <laughs> try to advise someone else to learn how to shoot straight. But what Isn't I really wanted to comment on, yes, and it sure is. One of the lines Kamala said was, uh, Israel has the right to defend itself against Hamas terrorism, not Israel has the right to defend itself against its enemies, but it has the right to defend itself against Hamas terrorism. And I think the unspoken subtext there is that Israel does not, from their view, have the right to defend itself against Iran, which sponsored and paid for this uh, despicable raid. And it's a uh, I think that was what Joe was going over there to tell her. It's what I suspect. Joe went over there to tell them is hands off Iran. You know, for eight years, the most powerful man in the free world was Valerie Jarrett. And I suspect <laughs> that she right. still is up there in D.C. So yeah, I, 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 I to- don't disagree with you. I think uh, Jarrett. Uh, and her closeness with uh, former President Obama uh, has a lot of juice. And and uh, I, I, I agree that, you know, those folks uh, likely have a lot of influence on what happens. So I don't think you're wrong on that one. We don't know the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it. But there's enough out there for me to make that same inference. And uh, I think you're, you're right on that one, Scott. Scott and... South Carolina on WTMA. Folks, don't move a muscle. We're coming right back to your calls and more. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, we continue with our conversation straight across America. Welcome back, familia. Uh, We're going to go to our amigo Paul in Boise, Idaho, KBOI. Paul, you're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Thanks, Rich, for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, what does Adolf Hitler and Joe Biden have in common? Hmm. I don't know. You're, I'm stumped. You tell me. They both tried to work two fronts at the same time, and look what happened to one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of um, similarities there. Uh, Biden needs to rein things in and do it quickly. Yeah, and he and he can't let it spread everywhere else because he's got a lot of people over there of the. Uh, persuasion that that does not like us yeah 
it, it's it's un, unfortunate. Now, did you have a comment on uh, Eventbrite and uh, the the legal challenge by the nineteen attorneys general? I think it'll end up in in uh, in court, and then I think I think that they'll lose in court, and I think they'll win on appeal, and the the um, I think it'll go their way. Yeah, I hope so, because I think it's uh, it's just pretty. Um, like I said, I think it's just bad business to alienate these people just because you think that their philosophy that you know kids should be kids and not boys, you know, that feel like girls or girls that feel like boys. Um, that you know, that they're just sharing their their story. I mean, Chloe Cole is somebody we've played audio on this program. Uh, it's quite a remarkable story, and. I just can't imagine how they would see that as hateful in any way. But uh, thank you for your call, Paul. I appreciate it. Big shout out to everybody in KBOI. Now, Rashida Talib, she never leaves us um, short of of interesting things that she's saying. She's always got something controversial, controversial. Excuse me, up her sleeve. Listen to this. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital. We're children. You know, I've heard enough of her and her whining and her crying. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've heard enough. Matt, near Moorhead City, North Carolina, 80 miles north. Matt, go right ahead. Yes, sir, Rich. How you doing tonight? Good, brother. Thank God. Okay, good. Well, about Rashida to leave, I think it's Rashida should leave. We talked about this days ago. <laughs> Because she has no business representing U.S. Congress. If she doesn't like it, she should leave. Because she's been perpetuating that lie for two days when she knew that her their own terrorist, Hamas, is the one that hit that hospital with a uh, misfired missile. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, whether she knew or she was in denial, but... She's definitely pushing that story, uh, false narrative, saying, "Look, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them." I mean, it's it's a sad thing, but it's it's a real thing. Um, I don't know what to do about this one, Matt. I think that you know she's been caught in the lie, and I think people just are giving her a pass. Well, that's wrong. I agree with you. We need better. We expect better, and she should be better. Uh, Matt, I appreciate the call from WTKF. And, folks, we continue with the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. We got calls in Arizona, calls in the middle of the country in Chicago, and more, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. For Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, it's your turn, America, to weigh in on the conversation. What's going on in America? Let's go to Pat, Sedona, Arizona, listening online to Rich Valdez, AmericaAtNight.com. Pat, go for it quickly. 
Yes, my friend. You know, uh, Rich, thank you. Congratulations on that one year. Thank uh, you. First thing By the way, tonight, like Pat, to tonight is our 200th live broadcast since thank we uh, I mean, brought the new name of the show on. Could have been a better person to replace old Jim. Oh, hey, thank you. This is what I'm coming here for. I'm going to talk about that missile that hit the hospital. Yeah. Okay. This missile basically did not hit the building. It hit the parking lot. That's where most of the damage happened. And most of the damage was caused by the leftover fuel that was inside that rocket. It incinerated everything. But put some of the people in the hospital, too. But I think I'll tell you, you can tell the people in our country, in our government, that were cheering Kamala Harris when she was talking about the Palestinians, not the Israelis. And I'll tell you what, if you're an American Jew, you better be careful because if you vote only Democrat and always Democrat. Look at these people in our government that are Democrat and what they stand for. They stand for something that will end you. And I'll stand in front of you to protect you because I have before. But do not let these people get away with their their lies. And that whole missile thing proves it with our media. Oh, my goodness. So that's it, Rich. That's all I need to say. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. Very kind of you. And I think you're right. Uh, great warning to your, your friends, colleagues, fellow Americans. Uh, you're playing with fire. Be careful. Excellent. Uh, let's continue. Let's go to John in Oxnard, California, KVTA. John, go right ahead quickly. Yes, I, I was just concerned about the president and his speech. And I'm not sure whether he's for the people of the U.S. or against the people, because the past few years he seems to be against us with open borders and everything else. And yet he wants money now for for this uh, fight that's going on over in uh, uh, overseas there. Yeah. Well, you know, John, uh, I, I agree with you. I think there are so many policies that have been destructive to America that Biden's put forward. When you hear him talk, he tries to, he seems to always be on the wrong side of the conversation, uh, missing the point time and again, and uh, time and again, excuse me. And uh, it, it's for me, it's exhausting. I have Biden fatigue, Biden fatigue syndrome, if that's a thing. Uh, because he's just too slow. He seems to miss the mark just over and over and over again. And it's uh, it's very sad. Thank you for the call, John. I appreciate it. Big shout out to KVTA. Let's go to Harvard, Illinois, WGN, and check in with Jim. Jim, go for it quickly. Hey, Office Politic, Rich. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Jim. It means a lot. All right, so Office Politic, if you post or say anything that's uh, degrading to any race, culture, whatnot, uh, your job's gone. So that's the other thing. That's one thing about Office Politic. The other thing is grant money. With grant money, you can, depending on the wording, you, the applicant can actually pay themselves, depending on how that grant is worded. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely get a grant for whatever project. And in the grant, you put, uh, I need an executive director, I need a a field researcher and I need an administrator and there's only one person in your nonprofit, uh, you're clearly going to be able to pay yourself uh, a portion of things. And I think that they know that. And that's kind of how it's intended uh, half the time because that's how they're creating this. This is how they get people to do things um, in life by enticing them financially. So um, I, I always thought the way we give foreign aid to some countries is the same way we give grants block grants and whatnot. These are just payoffs from the government. 
my opinion. Uh, Jim in Harvard, Illinois, thank you very much. Big shout out to WGN in the Windy City area. And folks, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, take care, good night, and God bless. I am Rich Valdez. God willing, we're coming back and we're doing it again tomorrow. So uh, don't move a muscle. Hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.